What is going on, mere mortals? My name is John Solo. Longtime fans of my YouTube series will recognize what they're about to hear as the audio from the original episode, but the track has been remastered with additional sound effects to enhance the story and visual elements of the presentation adjusted for a seamless listening experience. Big thanks to every one of you for tuning in to John Solo's Messed Up Origins podcast, where we're posting remastered episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Dr. Facilier is a deceptively deep Disney villain. At first glance, he appears to be your run-of-the-mill witch doctor, someone you'd see at the post office or apothecary emporium without giving it a second thought. But in reality, this character has roots that go well beyond the minds at Disney. As much as I appreciate Musker and Clements for creating him, they had some pretty incredible source material to work with. That's because Dr. Facilier was inspired by two prominent figures of the voodoo religion. Baron Samadhi, the Loa of Death, and Papa Legba, the gatekeeper to the spiritual realm. And some of the magic we see him use comes directly from voodoo as well. When the writers of Princess and the Frog were making their pitch, they basically said, you know that 500-year-old European fairy tale about a princess kissing a frog? What if we set it in Louisiana and changed the villain from a witch to a witch doctor? Then, after getting the green light, they went wild with that concept, pulling everything they could from New Orleans culture and the voodoo religion to tell a beautiful story and create a villain with far more layers than he lets on. For those who haven't seen the movie or just don't remember much about Dr. Facilier, he's the trickster antagonist who uses voodoo magic to transfigure Prince Naveen into a frog and try to weasel his way into inheriting the LaBeouf family fortune. He was given his magic power after striking a deal with dark voodoo spirits, whom he refers to as his friends on the other side. And those new abilities, when used in conjunction with his silver tongue, put him within kissing distance of attaining his goal. But when his plans all fall apart, thanks to the intervention of our heroes, he has no way to deliver on the promises he made to those friends. So they drag him to the spirit world in what has to be one of the most terrifying deaths in a Disney movie. On the surface, you might not think it's as brutal as Scar being mauled by hyenas or Clayton accidentally hanging himself, but it's all about the implication. When you consider how powerful these spirits are, even in the mortal realm, you gotta wonder what that implies about their abilities in their own world. They could probably force Dr. Facilier to die painfully and be reborn every couple of minutes. He could be spit-roasted over a demon's campfire for all eternity, or even worse, be forced to endure the deaths of every Disney villain that came before him. The possibilities are endless, but you've gotta wonder. Who exactly are Dr. Facilier's friends? Do they have names? Are all of them evil? And how does this all connect to real voodoo practices? Well, don't worry. We're getting into all of that and talking about the rather intimidating voodoo deities who no doubt had an influence on Facilier's design. Chapter 1. Baron Samadhi. Before we get too far into this, I want to clarify one detail. Dr. Facilier does not represent Baron Samadhi or Papa Legba in the same way that Disney's Hades is meant to portray the actual Hades from mythology. Dr. Facilier is not a god, he's just Dr. Facilier, a regular guy who is empowered by voodoo spirits after making a deal with them. That being said, his personality and appearance are basically the result of putting the aforementioned deities in a blender, which makes me think the Baron and Papa Legba may exist within the Princess and the Frog universe, and Facilier just copies them to intimidate his victim. 
Rights. There's actually a Bond villain who did the exact same thing, and a former president of Haiti employed these tactics as well. Let's start our breakdown with Baron Samedi, who I'm sure you can already see bears quite the resemblance to our friend when he's in his physical form. He's tall, has dark skin, wears a big hat and tuxedo, and is often shown with a skeletal face that is very similar to Facilier's mask. Baron Samedi is what's called a Loa in the voodoo religion. Not exactly a god, but a divine figure who resides in the spirit world. In the movie, the Loa are the shadows and masks that help out Facilier and appear during his dance routines. And while the designs of the masks may actually stem from ones used in traditional African rituals, this is definitely more of an artistic portrayal of Loa that's designed to show that he's aligned with darker and dangerous powers. In reality, Loa can take many forms depending on which world they occupy and are not all evil. They can be, especially if you disrespect them. However, their purpose is to serve God, who's known as Bandai. And just to be clear, he is considered to be the same as the Christian God. In fact, you could basically think of Loa as the voodoo equivalent of angels, just with a lot more personality. See, voodoo is what's known as a syncretic religion, brought to the Caribbean and ultimately the United States by way of the slave trade. It started as the West African Vodun religion, but was heavily influenced by Catholicism, not just through exposure to the new belief system, but also because slaves had to adapt the rituals so their masters would be more comfortable with them. More on that later. Back to the Baron, he's considered the head of a certain family of Loa called the Geta, which are known for being obnoxious as well as having powers over death and fertility. His specific domains are graveyards, gravestones, resurrections, and sex. So if you were hoping to have another child, recover from an illness, or get in contact with grandma on the other side, you'll need to receive his blessing. To speak with the Baron directly, your best bet would be to die, because he's the one who greets all new spirits in the realm of the dead and leads them to the underworld. Your other option would be to meet him at a crossroad, which has supernatural associations and folklore of all cultures due to it being an in-between zone and somewhere that important choices are often made. Interestingly enough, Facilier often shows up when characters are at a crossroad, or should I say, he brings the crossroad to them, usually presenting a difficult choice that could take them down one of two very different paths. The difference here is that Facilier's a trickster. <laughs> I guess Samedi is too, but not when it comes to his role as a guide to the dead. Kinda like Hermes from Greek mythology, his disrespect to his fellow gods is infamous, but when it comes to his role as a guide, he takes it very seriously. The way to get on Samedi's good side is pretty similar to every other Loa. Instead of being prayed to, they're served beverages, which is why Mama Odie's house is surrounded by empty bottles in the movie. Samedi is said to like his rum spicy, too spicy for other Loa even, so he usually makes his own. He typically has some of that on hand, a few cigars, and if he's really cool, maybe some spliffs. Another big way that Baron Samedi, or Samedi, differs from Facilier is that he's married, a detail I was impressed to see captured so accurately in the American God show. His wife's name is Maman Brigitte. She's usually symbolized by a black rooster, but her human form has red hair, green eyes, and pale skin. Originating from Ireland, she's the only white Loa in all of voodoo, and her domains include life, death, justice, motherhood, and my personal favorite, obscenities. Apparently, she enjoyed using foul language almost as much as I do. Chapter two, Papa Legba. So as you can see, there is a lot of overlap between Facilier and Samedi, but those few areas where they differ can actually be connected to another deity. 
His name is Papa Legba, and he's the gatekeeper of the spirit world. I'm sure that some of you are familiar with him from American Horror Story, but this character is not Papa Legba. They may call him that, but everything from his design to his role in this episode was based on Baron Samadhi. It was some producer's idea to change his name to Papa Legba because it's not as well known, reaffirming the old stereotype that all ideas that come from producers are absolute trash. Normally, he's depicted as a poor older man wearing a straw hat, dressed in rags, and smoking a pipe. He's also accompanied by dogs most of the time and walks with a limp because his feet are in two different worlds, the one of the living and the one of the spirits. To keep his balance, he carries the gateway between the two worlds around with him in the disguise of a cane. And similar to how no one can speak to the dead spirits without the blessing of Baron Samadhi, Papa Legba's permission is required to open that gate in the first place. After hearing this, I can't help but wonder, since Vasilie has the ability to speak with the Loa, are these two deities the friends he made his deal with? Maybe we'll find out in the Tiana series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. If not, I at least hope they find another way to dive deeper into the world of voodoo. Anyway, like Samadhi, Papa Legba can be found at a crossroads, and his official symbol in the voodoo religion looks an awful lot like a signpost to me. And it has me thinking that Disney may have used this as a reference when designing Facilier's business card. Also like Samadhi, Legba likes to reveal new opportunities and paths forward to those who pass by his crossroads. But since he's a trickster deity, not all of these roads lead to happy endings. Sort of like how Facilier helps Lawrence almost marry Charlotte LaBeouf. That road looked very promising, but he just ended up being arrested. And that's probably the biggest commonality between Legba and Facilier. They're both silver-tongued devils with a sick sense of humor. Chapter 3, The Power of Voodoo. As I mentioned earlier, the magic that Dr. Facilier uses throughout the movie really does have roots in voodoo practices. However, it should be made clear, if it's not already, that voodoo is not an inherently evil religion. It's been portrayed that way in pop culture for decades through characters like Dr. Facilier, but that's largely due to its association with witchcraft and centuries of propaganda from the Christian church, causing us to assume that all witchcraft is somehow evil. That's one thing I appreciate about Princess and the Frog. They made a point to include include the Mama Odie character who also uses voodoo, but is the exact opposite of Dr. Facilier. But now I wanna talk about Dr. Facilier's plan to inherit the LaBeouf family fortune and how much of it relies on genuine voodoo beliefs and practices. Let's start at the beginning with his tarot card reading for Lawrence and Prince Naveen. While he may use this ritual as an opportunity to manipulate them both, the cards that he uses in the reading are real tarot cards and basically lay out the movie's plot right in front of your eyes. Tarot cards originated in European mysticism and wouldn't be considered part of the traditional voodoo belief system. But the cool thing about voodoo is that it's always evolving, and so tarot readings can be part of your personal religious practice if you'd like. In the next step of Facilier's plan, he uses a talisman to steal a few drops of blood from Prince Naveen and transform Lawrence into his doppelganger. This one's a little more complicated because blood magic and identity theft have never been part of voodoo tradition, but there is the belief in ritual talismans and a practice of capturing spirits inside bottles. That's essentially what Facilier's doing when he takes Naveen's blood. I think this is just more of a visual way of going about it so the audience understands it, and it sets up their future concern about running out of blood when the prince escapes. Toward the end of the movie, when they capture Naveen again, they're able to move forward with their plan, which is to marry the fake Prince Naveen to Charlotte LaBeouf, and then kill Big Daddy LaBeouf with a voodoo doll so they inherit his fortune. And as messed up as that is, real voodoo dolls weren't necessarily used for anything like this. What we call voodoo dolls evolved 
from African wooden figures called bokio that were carved by hand and believed to possess spiritual energy when blessed by priests. You can think of them as the physical manifestations of prayers, which could have both honorable and malevolent purposes, just like prayers could in every other religion. When Africans who were brought to America through the slave trade were banned from making bokio by their masters, they came up with a secret way to express their beliefs. Instead of carving small wooden statues, they made little figures out of rags, and that became the way that voodoo dolls would go on to be portrayed across all art forms from that point forward. So there you go, mere mortals. If you ever wondered how Disney created one of their most underrated villains of all time, you have your answer. But now I have a question. Should I cover more voodoo mythology? And if so, do you have any recommendations? Let me know your thoughts on that and today's episode by hitting me up directly on Instagram or Twitter under the Messed Up Origins handle. And of course, don't forget to sacrifice the five-star button to appease the algorithm gods. To those who wanna hear more about the messed up origins of their favorite stories and characters, Feel free to check out my YouTube channel called John Solo to experience the original episodes complete with visual aids and custom made artwork. But until next time, mere mortals, my name is John Solo and remember, John shot first. Oh.